Hey sister, this is Misty Williams, founder of HealingRosie.com, and I'm so excited to welcome you to Rosie Radio. Tune in to find clarity, direction, and hope for your healing. New episodes drop every Tuesday. We created this show to empower you to regain control of your life and feel like yourself again. Yes, sister, it is possible. So not a lot of you know that I used to run half marathons in my mid-30s. I probably did six different races and I loved it. I loved running. I was a consistent trainer for about five years. And I actually thought that I would probably run for the rest of my life. It was really Zen for me. I loved being really disciplined about something really consistent. And a couple of years in, I started getting the little nagging injuries, the little tears in my knees and my ankles, right? And at first I could like wear some extra support and keep running, but then it got to the point where I had to, I had to stop for periods of time and let my body heal. I would be out running and I would get an ankle injury that was just really painful. It wasn't, there wasn't anything majorly wrong with my ankle other than probably a little tear. Um, But it was really painful to run. I remember using ibuprofen to try to get back on the road, as we said, and four weeks later, I'd go back out and dang it, would I just injure my ankle again? A friend told me about Zyflamend. You do not know about Zyflamend. It should be in your medicine cabinet. It's a fabulous anti-inflammatory. I started taking Zyflamend, which was fantastic. It got me back on the road quicker. But then stuff would happen with my knees, a little tendonitis here, a little tendonitis there. And finally, it got to the point where it was like, man, if I'm really serious about this, I really need to figure out what's going on with my legs. So a few friends started talking to me about running form. And I started learning about what good form looks like. But, you know, beginning to run with better form didn't fix what was going on in my legs. So I got a referral to this amazing massage therapist when I was in Nashville. His name is Lou Broswell. If you're in Nashville, L-E-W Broswell, email me and I'll give you his info. Um, But he was fantastic. He was the first one that started talking to me about my body and my fascia and all of this muscular tissue over my whole body kind of being thinking of it as one organism, one thing, right? And he checked out my form. He noticed that my calves were really tight and it was from my running form and looked at a lot of other things structurally. You know how they do when they have you stand and move and touch your toes and, and told me that he needed at least five sessions to work with me. But he wasn't going to just work with my lower body. He was going to spend time on my shoulders, on my back, on my neck, all to help alleviate what was going on in my calves, essentially. That was, you know, just it was affecting, it was affecting my body everywhere. So I got a whole new appreciation for how our bodies are are wired up, so to speak. And what happens with our fascia and uh, on the um, podcast today, we're going to talk to my friend Siobhan about fascia. She has an event coming up, a summit coming up um, called Fascia and Chronic Pain. And we are going to get into this topic of fascia a little more because if you have been dealing with chronic pain at all in your life, whether it's just these little nagging injuries from working out, or if you're dealing with something bigger, like pain that might be tied to an autoimmune condition, or maybe you're getting older and you just feel like everything's creaking and you just don't move like you used to, or you're getting out of bed in the morning and it's like, oh, it takes you a few steps to be able to stand up straight. This is going to be a fantastic conversation that I think you'll be really glad you made time for today. So Siobhan Sarna has been a TV host for over 20 years. She is the author of Healing SIBO 
and the creator of 10 major online media health events ranging from such diverse topics of gut health to biological dentistry. She teaches people to blend metaphysical and yoga principles with modern life missions. Welcome, Siobhan. Hi, it's good to see you. I'm 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 loving your running story, and I love that you had that whole body discovery with uh, that great practitioner in Tennessee. You know, fascia is um, referred to often by the speakers that we had for the fascia and chronic pain rescue summit um, as like a fabric or uh, like a running through the body. One of the speakers talked about it as being like a fishnet stocking running through the body, which I thought was great imagery. It touches everything and keeps everything in place. And it's the cells that it touches, but also the space between the cells. And in medical school of years gone by, they would go into the cadaver labs, these medical students. And one of the stories was they used to pull the fascia up, which think of like a chicken breast when you get to the market and then you lift the skin up and then there's the sticky, you know, film and it's hard to pull off. The medical students used to be like, oh, I can't wait to get rid of this stuff. And they would throw it away because the good stuff was like the muscles and the organs. But in actuality, the fascia, fortunately, based on research and cutting edge, literally um, new developments from some folks that are really like seriously and legitimately daily making discoveries is emerging as this incredibly powerful, juicy, wonderful mechanism in our body to help regulate our immune system and um, our structure and organ digestion and the gut microbiome. So um, it's really important. And that's why I wanted to talk about it. And thanks for having me. And that's why Kelly Kennedy, the lymph queen, and I did this summit together. You know, lymph and fascia both are two areas of the body that don't get very much airtime, right? right? But they profoundly affect our overall health, our ability, our ability to detoxify, our right. ability to move freely without pain. There's like so much to these little nuanced areas of the body. And I think it'll be really interesting for people to hear your story and your background with this topic because you were involved in a in a car accident. You were someone that you would think of as being really in tune with your body, right? Yeah. And movement yeah. and all of those yeah. things. And you had a traumatic event that I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that changed your relationship to all of this. It's true. So a couple of things. One is that I did also a summit on the lymphatic system, the lymphatic rescue summit, because of what you just said and how it's an underserved uh, part of our bodies. And I wanted to have conversations about it. So we did that. And then I kept thinking we should do a fascia summit. And I didn't want to do it, honestly, because I was way busy. But Kelly was like, yes, you have to do it. And the Dr. Christine Schaffner is, yes, you have to do it. And so we did it together. But why I wanted to do it is because the fascia has had a lot of impact on me for most of my life without me realizing it, gotten to actually several car accidents, none of which were my fault, legitimately, um, even from just fender benders to being sideswiped, being hit with the car behind me going 110 miles an hour while I was going probably 75. And what that did to me and just this whole like drip campaign. And my bucket became very full of a lot of tightness. And as a yoga teacher with mild Ehlers-Danlos, which is a collagen uh, genetic scenario where you tend to be quite lax. I'm not like a Cirque du Soleil performer, but um, I have uh, like lax joints. I can be very hypermobile. And 
it just, I started to get into a lot of pain and I, you know, was, these are my twenties, thirties. I'm like in like old lady pain. And I got Rolfed, um, integrative postural integration. I mean, all of these series of body work, massage, all of this. And ultimately they were all working on my fascia, but I didn't have that word. I didn't understand it. Right. And so a couple of things happened. One was that my mother died in 1997 from lymphoma. So I really wanted to get out that lymph message. And I remember being in the rolfing session shortly after she died. And no, I was okay, but I was grieving, deeply grieving. And the rolfer pressed on some spots at the top of my thighs, kind of like where the butt met the thighs. And oh my gosh, I burst into tears. uh, Understandably, right? So, I mean, I was grieving, who knows, you know, but it was like a button. (laughs) She would move on to a different body part. She'd come back to that body part. And it was like, touch, cry, touch, cry, touch, cry. It was crazy. And I'll never forget that. And again, later, I understood that I was holding some trauma and grief in that part of my body, which makes a lot of sense. So basically, I wanted to make sure that everyone found out what was going on in the new world of fascia. And by the way, Kelly Kennedy, my co-host, who is very much into lymph knowledge um, and on fascia, she uh, almost died in a car accident. It was literally scalped. And so her experience with fascia, with resolving the scars from those car accidents and how once she resolved the scars in her body, that she was out of pain. And this was like a huge light bulb for her. So the fascia holds trauma. It holds us together. It's incredible because if you have an injury or you're, you know, rotated in a certain way or you're twisted and the body needs to stabilize, that fascia is going to come in handy, right? And come in and do its job and thicken in certain areas. And if you like repetitive injury from your like running example, it's it's doing its job, but we have to help it <laughs> as much as possible. And when it's out of balance, it, um, it, it it's painful. So there are things you can do, fortunately. And the way I got really turned on finally to this term fascia and what it was, was I went to a melt method training, um, which is Sue Hitzman's uh, modality of soft foam rollers and small balls um, to help with fluidity and release stuck stress and all the great language that she has. And this was in 2013. So in 2013 was the first time that I ever saw a video with Tom Myers about cadavers and about what fascia was in relation to our bodies. And it was just like light bulbs were exploding in my brain. I'm like, oh my gosh, wait a minute. And then the the work of being on the soft foam roller in very specific ways I felt it. And I was like, again, bing, bing, bing. Okay. This is what's been missing. This is what, this is what I've been craving. And it's just, it was just a huge transformation for me. So here you go. So I want to talk a little bit about scar tissue because there's a lot of us who are dealing with challenges from scar tissues and don't know it. Yep. Um, Women um, can have scarring after bearing children. Of course. Um, They can have scarring from a hysterectomy, from having your tubes tied, from... I actually noticed a couple weeks ago, I think I've kind of noticed this before, but I noticed it. Like, it really got my attention. I was feeling on my abdomen 
from the left to the right, and I came across scar tissue from a surgery I had when I was 11. Oh my gosh, right. But I'm feeling that scar tissue like, this is, this is more than I ever remember being here, right? There are women who um, it come to the Healing Rosie Facebook group and talk about their experience with hysterectomies and how their bodies are never the same. They're dealing with prolapsed uteruses and, you know, all sorts of things where, you know, our bodies experience trauma and we also experience surgeries, a lot of abdominal surgeries where we're dealing with, with scarring and the effects of basically, you know, going in and moving things around and taking things out and all of that stuff. So I'd love to just maybe unpack that a little bit. Give us a little bit of education around scarring and its role in chronic pain. And maybe if you have some great tips I do. on what people can do, that would be really yeah. fantastic. Absolutely. So in the world of SIBO, EMO, IBS, scarring internally, we talk a lot about adhesions, which is really the gathering of that fascia, which after you have a surgery, you want your body to re-knit, re-stitch back together, and it's stronger than steel. And so in a good way, it's holding you together, but you want to resolve that once it's done, done with its that stitching. Yeah, done its beautiful job. So the adhesions can pull the tissue out of place to impact the migrating motor complex, which is the sweeping motion of the small intestine and can lead to overgrowth of bacteria in the small intestine, which can lead to SIBO, small intestine bacterial overgrowth, which is like a huge passion of mine uh, because I had it, but not from scars, but from food poisoning. But that is one of the underlying causes. And then it's not just surgeries. So the seatbelt dug into my stomach when I had the car accident in 1991. And during a visceral manipulation, cranial sacral session, uh, this wonderful therapist basically sort of slid her hands underneath my stomach. Which sounds crazy, but she is very gifted. And she's like, oh my gosh, it's like a desert under there. And it, it was just adhesions that had like <laughs> compressed my tissue there. And she did her work. And then my stomach gurgled for three days. It was crazy. I was like, woohoo, <laughs> we are moving. We're cooking with steam now. So there are ways to address adhesions, fascia, scars, um, and that one of them is visceral manipulation, hands-on therapy. Um, there's all kinds, but you have it's, it's really beyond a typical massage therapist. You want to find someone who's truly passionate about, and that's their main jam is cranial sacral, visceral manipulation. You can look at the Upledger Institute or the Burrell Institute and find people around the world who do that work. And then uh, the other thing you can do is neural therapy, which is injections of procaine, which is very biological medicine, very German. Uh, Dr. Ann Hill in the summit speaks about this, and that can be injected directly into scars, directly into tonsils, which sounds insane. I've had it done. It wasn't as bad as it sounded. Um, <laughs> I'm very opposed to pain and um, can be can release that tissue without it like dissolving and resets the nerves there. So you can do yourself work with foam rollers, not the hard ones. You can um, get a very gifted healer, hands-on, and you could also do neural therapy, which is procaine injections, which not everyone does, not everyone's even heard of or even thought of, but there are ways to seek out a provider 
So let's talk a little bit about fibrinogen and um, and systemic enzymes. I'm curious if they have come up in all this talk about Basha because so many women deal with like endometriosis and, you know, different kinds of tissues like that where you've got, you know, coverage in the abdomen that can oftentimes create a lot of scarring and stuff too. Any connection there? I don't, I honestly don't know the answer to your question. I would imagine there would be, but I, I did half the interviews. Kelly did half the interviews. So I hope they talked about it because I don't think we really did. Um, And also it's a set of 14 masterclasses within the summit. So I did watch all of them, Um, but we talked a lot about surgery in general. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, systemic enzymes are really helpful for dissolving scar tissue. Um, it's the body naturally produces systemic enzymes. We have a lot more when we're younger. Um, as we yes, get older, we don't, yeah, yeah. we don't produce as many when we're older. And sometimes that's why we notice an increase in our scarring and scar tissue and things of that nature. For women who have endometriosis, um, we can get a buildup of tissue inside our uterus, of course, yeah. um, and also outside in different parts of the body. And so systemic enzymes is a biohack that, um, that I was actually referred to directly, but I've also heard a lot of other people talk about the power of systemic enzymes to help dissolve some of that stuff because our bodies don't naturally produce it. That's fantastic. The other thing um, that can also, by the way, endometriosis can lead to SIBO as well, because again, it pulls the tissue. But um, the other thing about that is fluidity. Dehydration is such an epidemic. And so we talked a lot about structured water, hydration, and, you know, how to make sure your body is hydrated. So that what we've been talking about, like you feel like you're creaky, you feel like you're almost like your skin is shrinking onto yourself, um, and therefore you feel really tight. A lot of times, first thing to check is, are you properly hydrated? Because it's so taken for granted. Like, yeah, I feel okay. Yeah. No, so get those, get that good fluid in there. Talk a little bit about structured water for those that maybe aren't very familiar with the term or maybe have heard it, but don't really get what it is. So Gina Bria is one of our speakers as well, who is like the queen mother of structured water. It is water that, um, I, I, so I don't have a scientific term for it, but I call it water with intention, <laughs> water that your body can easily absorb and use and knows what to do with it. Um, you can just for a hack, you can structure water very primitively by like sending your intention to the water. Um, you can send a vibration. You could put it uh in a canister that says love and gratitude, which were the terms that gave it the most beautiful structure, um, love and gratitude. If you write down a word like, you know, war, it doesn't structure as well. It is actually disrupted. It's fascinating. So um, there's real science, by the way, on all this stuff. Yeah. Thank you. Um, We had a couple of woo-woo interviews, but they were so interesting that I kept them in there because I just like you couldn't look away and they were fascinating and I had personal experiences with some of them. So there are a couple of there and we write that out like enjoy this metaphysical approach. (laughs) (laughs) You expand your mind regarding fascia and the body Uh, for those people who are like, you know, really want to know what they're getting into before they listen to something. But I wanted to put it in there because 
that's what a summit's for. It's also to help you, you know, stretch your mind. And then one of my big things about summits, since this was my ninth one um, since 2017, is be sure to teach what you learn because that is going to reinforce the messaging for you, but also help other people. So that's just one of my sub themes. Yeah. I've heard structured people explaining what structured water is. I've heard them explain it as it's water that's alive and not dead. Lovely. Um, Lovely. Your your cells are able to absorb structured water better. There's, um, there's some really interesting perspectives. I'm trying to think of the water book, the four, the four stages of water, maybe. Um, oh, I know. But there, yeah. there are there are people who their jam and their life's work is water and the benefits of hydration and how to how to properly hydrate and what happens to our water. You think about how processed our water is. You know what happens when you process water and why is spring water better, right? Why is it better to get water you know from right out in nature versus water that's been process so much that it's almost dead. You know, there's some interesting conversations around um, structured water to reverse osmosis water, for example, you know. The controversy, the hidden messages in water by Masuru Emoto. So that's the, the gentleman who did all the experiments with the molecules of water and the four, they look like snowflakes, right? The formations that they make when they are introduced to different words and concepts and vibrations. And so uh, there's a local spring where I live and people go and get their water there. Like legitimately, when I heard it, I was like, what? Does that, does that really happen? And they, so we went and checked it out and it was, it was fascinating. It was like going back in time and it was super cool. Um, and there are people here who for generations have been drinking out of the spring. And it literally is a spigot out of a side of cement. I mean, it just, it's not romantic not at fancy. all. It's not fancy. And um, I just, I, Giardia scares me as a gut health patient. And so I'm, I'm trying not to live in fear, but I, um, I just, you know, I'm not doing it because of that, because there's just too many variables, especially today. I will take this controversy a little bit further. And I know a lot of people won't agree with this, but I distill my water, which people think is dead water. But for us at this stage, at this moment, and in our detoxification efforts that we're doing uh, in this house, um, we're we're doing the distilled. At least yeah. I know exactly what's in it. Yeah. What do you, what would you think of running spring water through something like the Berkey? Great. Awesome. Yeah. That'd be we fantastic. were in, we went last year to Arkansas. Yeah. Hot Springs, Arkansas yeah. to be precise, although they have springs all over that state. It's not just in hot springs and there were the spigots that you're describing everywhere people could come and just fill up up. their bottles bring your five gallon jugs i don't know i don't know if they all bring big jugs to put their water in but it's just like a thing all over town or people can get water right from the earth or something about that that does feel very natural yes very for sure yes and i and i do tend if i'm if i'm getting bottled water you know the mountain spring water that's in the glass bottles and things like that do it does seem from my own research like that's the way to go get some good micronutrients from yeah. the water that you're drinking too but yeah hydration is a big topic it's a big one and a lot of us are dealing with dehydration and don't even know it there's ways you can spot it in your labs and and other things but for sure you don't want to be 
shriveled up old prune, as they would say, no, as you, you get older. You don't. It makes all the difference. And it makes all the difference in your organs and your science, uh, the science of the body. And um, if you see a pregnant woman, make sure she has a glass of water in her hand. I've been told to spread that message by a midwife. Um, just it's so important. So have some hair. Cheers. Have some water. Yeah. Have some water. Well, tell us a little bit more about this event. It's airing in October. It's airing in October. The start date is October 24th, last week. It's free while during that premiere. Um, one of the other interesting things that I just wanted to mention is that the cadavers have been now able to be photographed in a microscopic way. And so that has moved the research forward very quickly. And as well, um, it's an international group um, that those cadaver discoveries have truly transformed the way the medical community is seeing fascia fascia. And one of the experiments experiments, Dr. Schleip was talking about this and he's in Germany and he was talking about how everyone expected when they put the adrenaline stress on fascia, they expected it to shrink. Not a thing. Nothing happened to the fascia. Like, not not a, okay, I'm staring at this. The adrenaline was, you know, put on it. They were expecting these reactions. Uh, I don't know the nuances, but the bottom line is adrenaline did nothing. What did do something to the fascia was when it was exposed to an immune challenge. That the fascia shrunk a millimeter a month when it was exposed to an immunological challenge which fascinated everybody and it wasn't expected. So, and it, just the fact that it was slower to recede than they thought as well was really interesting. So um, what kind of immune challenge, like an autoimmune, like a, system um, attack? it was like a viral load that I'm okay. not talking about necessarily, but it was the body's natural reaction to an immune challenge that then led to the shrinking of the fascia mm-hmm. at a millimeter Per month. Uh, that just blew my mind. I thought it was so interesting. So really, because, you know, we've talked about how you could have tightened fascia from injury, from repetitive motion, from sitting patterns and all that. Um, but the immune system was a big, a bigger part of it than anyone had suspected. Yeah. So those are some of the breakthroughs. He also had a handheld uh, ultrasound machine where they could tell if that you can buy on Amazon, which is crazy, that you could tell if part of your problem was muscular or if it was the fascia. That's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah, really, really interesting stuff. This is this is a field that's kind of expanding right before our eyes. Exactly, which is very, very exciting. And I love it when the curiosity of, you know, all of our medical detectives that we've become um, can match up with these new discoveries. And um, it's very late, right? Like we should have been thinking about this for eons, but it's also super new. So Mm -hmm. we'll take it. We got it. Yeah. Awesome. Well, we have links to sign up for the the summit in the show notes. Go to healingrosie.com. Just look for this interview with Siobhan. And thank you so much, sister, for putting this together. It's so fascinating and inspiring when we get to 
gather up all this like latest, newest research and science and share it with people so that we can leverage it, take the findings and the understandings we glean from it to figure out what we're going to do for our own situations. You know, I've, I've learned so much from being a host of these events. You know, you get to interview so many people and learn so much. And I wish things like this were around a decade ago when my journey started. Um, I, there wasn't a way to get these, this information at our fingertips. So really inspiring. Thank you for the work that you're doing and for joining us today. Thank you. All right. We'll see you guys soon. Bye for now. That's it for this week's episode. Thank you for listening. I hope you're feeling more empowered to overcome your flabby, foggy, and fatigued and to reclaim your life. If you haven't subscribed yet, don't forget to hit that subscribe button right now so you don't miss any of our episodes. We have some awesome shows coming right up. I love reading your reviews and comments too. They inspire me and encourage other Rosies to hang out with us and learn all these amazing strategies for healing and living our best lives. Till next time, sister. Bye. Bye.